Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life. Hi and a very warm welcome from me, your host, Phil Parker, to this episode 68 of Essential Skills of NLP. Today I'm going to be looking at five pieces of scientific research that really tell us how powerful and important the mind-body connection is. And the reason I want to talk about this is, A, it's really, really important. And B, when you talk about the mind-body connection, very often people kind of go, yeah, that that sounds like a a kind of crazy, hippie, flaky, woo-woo idea. Uh, And they're not right. There's there's such an immense amount of research into this and has been done for for decades that they just not read the the journals. So I thought I'd present five uh, cracking pieces of research, which will allow you uh, over the Christmas dinner table, if this is when you're listening to this podcast or at some other point, be able to, with confidence, repost anybody's accusations that the mind-body connection is all in people's minds. Yeah, it is all in people's minds, but it's the interaction between the mind and body which can be objectively verified and has been for decades by scientists. So let's look at the the five I've picked out for you. The first is by one of my favourite researchers, a, a lovely lady called Ellen Langer, who has been working in this field for a long time. She's currently known as the mother of positive psychology because she's been around for a long time in that field as well and looking at mindfulness since the 80s, doing some research in that. But one of the really nice experiments she did was she took some guys and she said to them, what we'd like you to do is you'd like to go to a monastery for five days. And the monastery was decked out uh, like it was their teenage years. When they went back to the monastery, everything was just as it had been when they were teenagers. So the clothes they wore, the the food they ate, the TV shows they showed, the films they showed, the newspapers, everything replicated what it's like to be back in their teenage years. And before they went into the monastery, they did a whole batch of tests, both cognitive and physical tests. And then when they came out afterwards, five days later, they did the same tests again. And guess what happens? Well, if you know anything about my work, you already know what happened, which was they showed signs of being younger, more able, more healthy, just by reimmersing themselves back in to all those experiences. Now, what's fascinating is you don't really need a monastery that's decked out like your teenage years. We've got the most amazing sound system, the most amazing video machine in our head. Our mind is able to conjure up all these experiences so it's really useful to take a few moments every day to take yourself back to some times when you felt really youthful really full of zest and zing for the world doing that will in fact really assist your body to be healthy and youthful so why not doesn't cost anything so that's the first bit of research if you want to know all the references for this just go to the philparker.org website where there's a blog with all the stuff you can uh, check it out in full details Next up, uh, another very cool dude in uh, research, Professor Richard Davidson. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me calling him that. He's really interested in neuroscience uh, and, of course, probably very excited that neuroimagery has come such a long way because he's done some amazing stuff on what happens when you meditate, what happens to your brain. And what he's seen is your brain changes. You get changes in shapes, changes in density of certain parts of the brain uh, on different sides of the brain, in fact related to the ability to 
be able to be more circumspect, to step back, to consider, to be less volatile. But also he found changes in people's immune system function as a result of meditating. The longer they had been meditating, so the more experienced they were, the bigger the shift. But even for people who just done an eight week or a 12 week course, you'd still see changes. And again, this is a really nice example of the mind influencing the body. In this case, the body being the brain, changing the brain, and the body being changes in the immune system. So that's pretty cool. Next up, one of my favorite pieces, a really kind of quirky bit of research by David Phillips of Princeton University. He was really interested in, was there any linkage between astrological star signs and health? Now, in the Chinese astrological ideas, if you're born under a certain sign, then that relates to a certain problem with certain organs. So for instance, if you're born in the metal year, which is related to lungs, then you're more likely to have lung problems according to the Chinese philosophy. And he thought, well, it'd be cool to check this out. And what he did is he sampled thousands and thousands of death notices from different parts of society in America. And what he found was in, in the predominantly American white uh, death rates, there was no relationship between what month they were born and what star sign they were born. In the Chinese populations, there was an incredible correlation, much more so if you were a very traditional Chinese family. So if you were westernized, it had less of an effect. But if you're still adhering to the uh, traditional beliefs, the traditional philosophies, you found a really massive correlation that people who were born in the metal sign that was suggestive of lung disorders, more of them would die of lung disorders than of their American or more westernized Chinese counterparts. Now, what this isn't doing is saying star signs are significant in your health. What it's saying is if you believe star signs are significant in your health, then that will have an effect on your health. So this is another good example of the mind body connection. Well, imagine that if you're, if you're really immersed in that culture where star signs are really significant to your health and you have to be careful of them and all this kind of stuff, that would just infuse through your every day, your whole life it would be part of how you saw the world. And that constant reminder, apparently according to the statistics and the research, has a fundamental effect on what happens to your body. It's pretty amazing, I always think. Next up, Professor Ed Diner, um, another amazing guy involved in positive psychology. Uh, one of my favorite stats, as many of you know, he showed that your, your levels of happiness, or as he calls it, subjective well-being, you and I know it as happiness. Uh, if you're, you have low happiness, then that's as, as serious a health risk as if you smoke. Cost you roughly 10 years of your life. Again, happiness it's how we feel about things, how we think about things, having a direct effect on our physical well-being the mind-body connection. And finally, a recent study, a really nice one, but it's, it's recent, so it's good to mention. Um, Christina Jayen, I hope I've pronounced her name properly there, found that if you took asthmatics, you gave them uh, some rose scent, but you told them this rose scent always increases asthma. They will start to get an asthma attack when they sniff it. And if you tell them it cures asthma attacks, different group of people obviously you can't confuse them but if you take a second group of people with asthma and say hey rose scent really helps to free your airways then then breathing that in inhaling it will reduce their asthma attacks what's interesting is when you tell people that most people are not surprised most people kind of go yeah that doesn't surprise me and once again what we're seeing is 
people already have an understanding that the mind affects the body. So there's five really nice, simple bits of research. There's loads, loads more. If you've read my books, you'll find out more about them. But if you want the references, go to philparker.org. So I hope you found that really interesting. And the important thing then is, okay, what do we do with this? If the mind-body connection is alive and well in all these different cases, it's a powerful force that could cause us trouble, but also a powerful force we can put to good use. So how are you going to use your mind-body connection? We've all got one. How are you going to use it? Until next time, guys, you take care. If you like these podcast series, then I think you'd really love finding out more about how we can work together. Best things you can do, get hold of the other podcasts on iTunes or get some of my extraordinary books, which as I say, if you like these podcasts, they're very, very similar, life-changing, fascinating ways of looking at the world. And the ultimate thing you could do, hey, come and train with me. I'd love to meet you in person. Let us know. Drop us an email, phil at philparker.org or go to the website, philparker.org. Sign up for the newsletters. There you'll get instant access to some of my latest audio downloads. And those downloads contain the latest research, techniques and tools to change your life and improve your health. So just register to get those right now. And I look forward to hanging out with you in person in the very near future. You take care now. Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life.